I'm Mike Breen, Public Awareness Officer for the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with Christina Stoika, who is at Wilfrid Laurier University, and we're talking about celestial mechanics and the solar system. And so, Christina, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, so celestial mechanics is a field of study at the intersection of mathematics, astronomy, and engineering, which basically consists in the study of the dynamics of bodies in gravitational interaction. In short, celestial mechanics had contributed greatly to mathematics, in particular in domains such as topology, differential geometry, and nonlinear dynamics. So I, I won't start really like 2,000 years ago. Because, uh, in ancient times, people thought that uh, the Earth is at the center of the universe and so forth. So I'll just skip directly to Newton, who had an insight about the way to bodies interact and everybody I think I mean most of the people will know that such an interaction between two bodies is uh, directly proportional to the masses and inverse proportional to the distance squared. And so yeah. you think of not necessarily ancient but people you know they they want to analyze motion and so a natural motion to look at is the planets and stars and so like you were saying a, a motivating factor for much of mathematics. Absolutely, absolutely. So with Newton's law, actually, and under uh, a simplifying assumption that the planets are actually mass points, what they managed to do in the 70s, uh, 18th century is to determine completely the motion between two bodies. Basically, their work led to a very good approximation of the motion around the sun. Now, with this being made, of course, the next step was, oh, let's look at three-body motion. And once the problem was set, it became the problem of the 18th and 19th century mathematics, or one of the problems, because the difficulties were major. Basically, what is happening, the three-body problem, or the three-point mass problem, is a nonlinear uh, ODE systems with 18 equations. Now, if you know some physics, we can reduce that to six equations using the conservation laws. And then, okay, if, if we take the energy into account, we can reduce by one more equation. However, this system is highly nonlinear. So what one does with ODE is, okay, let's look for special solutions. Let's look for equilibria is the first step that we, we learn in undergrad. But there are no equilibria. However, there are some equilibria in a rotating system in which the planets are moving on circular paths around their center of mass with uniform angular velocity, and they form all the time a rigid configuration. Now, for the three bodies, there are five such special solutions, two in which the bodies form an equilateral triangle. They're called the Lagrange solutions. So I take it the Lagrange discovered them. And then three on which the bodies are staying collinear, but this line on which the body are staying, I repeat, it, it, it rotates with constant angular velocity. These three collinear solutions are called Eulerian solutions. So green minds attacked the, the three-body problems, such as Bernoulli, Euler, Hill, Jacobi, Clairaut. And what we do when we have a complex problem in mass, and not only, is to look for simpler models where we catch the essential of the difficulty uh, and it's at the threshold between trivial and non-trivial. So in, in the, for the n-body problem or the three-body problem, there are such models. Uh, one of them is uh, the so-called restricted problems. 
in which basically we consider that one of the bodies has uh, such a tiny mass that it doesn't affect the motion of the others. For instance, we can think of the motion of a satellite uh, under the attraction of the Earth-Moon system, where the Earth and the Moon are not affected by the satellite, but the satellite definitely is affected by the Earth and the Moon. And what we get, we get four equations, non-linear ODE, and of course we, we try to determine the motion. The other model is the so-called planetary problem, and it's what it sounds. The Sun is much bigger and more massive than any other planet in the solar system. It's about a thousand times the mass of Jupiter or 30,000 times the mass of the Earth. The planet's motion is dominated by the sun attraction and periodically perturbed by the other planets. So the way to look at such perturbed problems is to look for a serious expansion. Now, when we do this, what is going on, small denominators occur. So essentially, it's an ODE harmonic oscillator, which has its own natural frequency, but then there is an external, periodically applied force, uh, which has a frequency in a relation, in a rational relation with the natural frequency of the oscillator. So in this respect, the uh, trajectories are going stray. We cannot really say much. So this was a sort of a no-go, let's say, on this problem. Now, I want to mention that at the beginning of the 20th century, or end of 19th century, beginning of the 20th century, Poincaré uh, did study the um, three-body problem. So Poincaré is considered the father of nonlinear dynamics, and not only. And while having, let's say, this toy problem, he made major contributions, as we know, to a variety of fields, topology, differential geometry, founder of the method of the normal forms, invariant integrals, recurrence theorem. And this is something I wanted to point out, that the n-body problem, or the restricted three-body problem in particular, is at the basis of... Uh, many, many advancements in, in mathematics. So Poincaré figured things out in many areas, and as you point out, he's very important in, in this problem as well. And then the thinking that he did on this particular topic led to big advances in topology and differential geometry. That's correct. That's correct. So the purpose was to say something about the, the, the three-body problem, and then he went to the restricted three-body problem, and from there... Right, it, uh, just looking closely to this problem, started to build towards various fields because he needed the tools, basically, and the methods. Well, th that's the history. That's how it goes. Mm -hmm. All right. Yes. Oh, sorry to interrupt you, but keep going. Okay. So later, with the 50s and 60s space revolution, a lot of funding went into celestial mechanics and astrodynamics. And in this respect, you know, people started to take a closer look at the planetary problem and the small divisor problem. And this led to classical topics in, in perturbation theory, such that the so-called KM, kolmogorov alner moser theory, and uh, Arnold diffusion, which are really classical topics now in nonlinear dynamics. So briefly, because of these small denominators, the they were trying to somehow uh, overpass this difficulty. So the main idea, which was basically stated by Kolmogorov, was 
look, linearize the problem about an approximate solution and then solve the linearized system. Okay, at this point, the small denominators occur, and then inductively improve the approximate solution by using the solution of the linearized problem as a basic of a Newtonian method argument that, that we use at solving equations. So this idea was taken further by Arnold and, and Moser, and I'm not sure how many details I should give. Let's just say that we will... At least now we know that the probability that the solar system will, will experience some chaotic motion is, is tiny. And actually, uh, on the other hand, integrations using computers so that, that if something happens, you know, it will take more than the lifetime of our sun. So uh, we can be rest assured that we are safe, at least in our lifetime, in this respect. Well, that's, that's good to know. <laughs> Christina Stoiko will continue talking about celestial mechanics in part two.